Okay, this is going to be a very unusual program today. Now, if you don't like the Bible, if you don't like Bible prophecy and understanding a revelation I just got from God last night, then go ahead and click what. But if you love the Bible and if you love to know how things fit together, and if you want to learn a revelation that I just got last night, then you will want to stick all the way to the end so I can give you the revelation. Okay, so here's the situation. Last night at 10.05 p.m., I made note of it. So I had, <laughs> I'm just telling you, okay, I had scratched my wife's back and got her to sleep. And I was watching Schindler's List, which I'd seen a couple of times before. And I decided to turn it off at 10.05, time to get ready and uh, get ready for bed, go out and do my prayer closet, and then go on to bed. But at 10.05, as I'm watching the movie, I got a revelation. Now, here's the revelation, which you probably won't get until you get to the end. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Here's the revelation. Armageddon is actually a payback for the ovens burning the Jews in World War II. Now, let me explain. Galatians 6, 7 says, Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And I put this in here because otherwise I'd forget. And that is, we only do this once a year, where we're asking people to sow into Prophecy Club. And the reason is, because just because we're on several platforms, doesn't mean anybody's watching. As a matter of fact, we're on a new platform. I think it's Instagram. I looked last night. We, we have, I think it was 18 followers. Okay, so doesn't mean anybody finds us unless we advertise. So we have got together and we've decided we're, we're asking the Lord, we're asking for you for $77,000 as our advertising budget to advertise on the platforms so people can find us. And if you believe what Prophecy Club is doing, and if you want to help us to try to reach more people, then an easy way to give is just, uh, you see it's barcode down at the bottom left there? Just scan that with your phone like you're taking a picture. It makes a little yellow box around it. Touch the yellow box and boom, you can make a donation quickly and easily. Our goal is $77,000. And I think about 10000 towards that seventy-seven has come in so far. And uh, it's also a good time to give because uh, if you want to give, you have to get it in before the end of this year if you want the IRS to give you a deduction. Okay, so let me go on to show you the revelation. Now, I'm going to kind of read fast because I'm going to make some points here. Exodus 1.6, here's the situation. Joseph, the guy that uh, interpreted the dream for the Pharaoh that there'd be seven years of plenty and seven years of famine, and they stored up wheat and fed the world for seven years, that Joseph. So Joseph had died, and all the children of Israel continued to be fruitful and increased. So much so, the new Pharaoh that didn't know Joseph, didn't know God, became king, the new king over Egypt, and he looked around, he saw that the Jews were becoming too powerful. So they said, we got to do something about this. So they started setting taskmasters over them and giving them big burdens and trying to hold them back. And the Jews have been attacked all of their existence. They've always tried to be held back because God is blessing them. The Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with rigor, and they made their lives bitter and hard and bondage. Keep going. I'm going to make my point here. And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, 
that when there was a male Jew born, that they were to kill him. But this goes on to tell you that the midwives didn't do as they were told, and they still let the boy babies live. The uh, Pharaoh called him in, said, how come you didn't do this, and got all over them. But because they did not kill the Jews, again, history records are always trying to kill Jews. Everybody's trying to kill Jews. But the the midwives, at the very last scripture here, feared God, and so God gave them houses to live in. So then Pharaoh charged all of his people, saying, All right, everybody that has a son born, of course, you remember Herod did this in the days of Jesus. They're always trying to kill the Jews. Everybody has a son born, has to cast him into the river. That would be the river of uh, the Nile River. And that happened to a whole generation of male Jews. And that was supposed to happen to Moses. But this story here tells him, tells us that the mother of Moses put him into an ark of bulrushes, daubed it with slime, that's crude oil, or tar. She, she spread it on the outside, on the inside with tar, so it would float. She put it into the river, watched her children watched it as it floated down. Well, God arranged for the daughter of Pharaoh to come and wash herself at the river. She discovered uh, the child Moses had compassion on him. That was all the hand of God. And then it says the maid went and called the child's mother. Okay, so did you catch that? So God put Moses into a little boat, put him out on the, the Nile River, and then watched him float down arranged for Pharaoh's daughter to pick up the child, had compassion on the child, and then they called the child's mother to nurse the child. Why did he do that? Because a Jew, Moses, was then raised in the temple. He was raised in as a family member of the Pharaoh. Why? Because in later generations, as Moses grew up, God was going to send him into his not real stepbrother, but he was considered a stepbrother, into his brother, stepbrother, Pharaoh. Okay, so Moses was supposed to go into his raised in the same house brother anyway. It wasn't the same blood. So God arranged Moses, a Jew, to be friends with and to know the Pharaoh, and he was going to go in and deliver a message. And that message, as we all know, is let my people go. So here's what happened. Now a generation passes. Moses grows up. You know the story. He killed a guy that was beating up on the Jews. He spent 40 years in the backside of the desert. I think that that was not God's original plan. But because Moses messed up, God had to bring that plan to pass. He had to let another 40 years pass on. But anyway, let's go on. So then... The Pharaoh that did not know God, you remember the story, God sent Moses in to talk to the Pharaoh, sent the ten plagues, and he finally let him go. So now we jump ahead to a whole other generation where he's let the Pharaoh, or the Pharaoh has let the, the Jews go. So here's the scripture. Pharaoh let go Israel. Why have we done this? Why have we let Israel go from serving us? He made ready his chariot and took his people with him. He took 600 chosen chariots, and all the chariots of Egypt and the captains over every one of them. In other words, the generation of the Pharaoh's buddies, his friends, his family, that lived because they weren't thrown into the river, now God is about to turn around 
and throw Pharaoh also into the river. What the point I'm trying to make here is, so Moses was thrown into the river, but he floated. But all of his other generations, all of the other male Jewish kids during that generation, they were all thrown into the river. They were all drowned. So what God is about to do is turn and the, the ones that threw the Jews into the river, now God is about to throw them and drown them. Okay? So it goes on, he pursued after the children of Israel. The children of Israel went out with a high hand. What does that mean? God put on their hearts to give to the Jews gold and silver and raiment and lots and lots and lots of blessings. They came out of Israel, excuse me, they came out of Egypt very well blessed, rich, you would say, with gold, silver, and raiment, and they were going to need that later. Kind of like uh, the gold, frankincense, and myrrh were brought to, to the baby child Jesus. Okay, so th- God takes care of his own. Now, let's jump ahead. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. The waters returned to cover the chariots. I've been there. I've been to the entrance side and to the exit side of the Red Sea. And I have seen video uh, coverage of the Egyptians' wheels and chariots and horse bones and horse hooves and things like that, where they have proven that a lot of people have sunk to the bottom of the Red Sea. Anyway, let's go on. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. The waters returned, covered the chariots of horsemen, all the host of Pharaoh, so that the sea came over them, and there remained not so much as one of them. I'm going to keep moving fast because I've got a lot to cover today. And the water was a wall unto them at the right hand on their left. In other words, it was a frozen wall. So this God froze the rivers, or excuse me, the water, so it was like two walls of, of ice, and the, the, uh, the, the Jews... The children of Israel walked through on dry ground. Then those walls of ice caved in, let the water in, and drowned all of the Egyptians. My point being, so the Pharaoh commanded Moses and his generation to be drowned. So then a generation later, that same generation, God drowned. Just In other words, the point is, the devil drowned the Jews, so God drowned the devil's people. Now, let's go to World War II. This is what dawned on me. So, in World War II, the Jews were rounded up, as you know, and they were taken to Auschwitz. Now, I know you may be saying, I don't want to see that. Okay, well, we need to see this. I mean, this is history, and there's a victory in here. There's actually some really, really good news in here for us Christians. Let me show you. Okay, so the Jews, they killed them, they gassed them, and then they put them into ovens like these here. These are actual pictures of the actual ovens. What they would do is put the body here, and then they rolled this on rollers, and they shoved the body in, and then this became like the door of the thing, and then they pulled it out. In other words, it was a mass cremation, a burning of bodies. And here's what our soldiers found when they went into Auschwitz and Treblinka and Dachau and all of those places, they say some 6 million Jews were killed. Okay, so what does that mean? I'm going to show you. God's going to do the same thing to the evil ones. Here's line upon line upon line of ovens the, that the devil built to kill the Jews. This is them coming in off of trains. They're getting off the trains. They have them go in and take off all their clothes. 
and they do a rough job of shaving off their hair. They pull out all of the teeth that have gold or silver in them because that's valuable. They have them take off all of their jewelry, everything, and then they push them into places, into these. They tell them they're going to disinfect them. And what they did was instead they killed them. This is heaps of ashes and bones. Now, this is the biggest thing I want you to see, not the ashes, the heaps and bones. But this is what Jesus is going to do to all of the sinners when he returns. And that's the whole point. So you jump to Isaiah 13, 4. Now, let me, let me put this in my own words. So when Jesus blows the trumpet, actually, he doesn't blow the trumpet. It's uh, the, the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God. And they, they return with a big shout. So the heavens roll back like a scroll and eternity, which is darkness, enters into time. And then when Jesus returns, he is on a white horse. He just comes from the marriage supper of the Lamb, where he has just been crowned King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And we get to go to the marriage supper if we are ready. And we are only given a wedding garment. We've talked about this a lot of times. But at the, the wedding, we get to see Jesus brought before the ancient of days. And he changes from Lamb to Lion, from Prince of the Kings of the Earth to become the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And he is given glory and a kingdom. Excuse me, he's given dominion, glory, and a kingdom. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is that which shall not be destroyed, that all people, nations, and languages shall serve and obey him. But he is given the morning star. In Revelation it says, And he that overcometh and keepeth my works to the end, the same will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and as the vessels of a potter, they shall be broken to shivers, that is, ashes. And I will give him the morning star. The morning star is the same thing that the two witnesses have. And the people fall to the ground, a pile of ashes and bones. That's what these scriptures are saying. Okay, now let's go to Isaiah 13. This is talking about that same event. This is talking about Armageddon. And what God has done is he's gathered the Russians and all of their buddies, all of the nations that, see, it was God's idea that they form a new world order. In Revelation, it says, and he, they shall give their power and strength unto the beast until the words of God should be fulfilled. It was God's idea put on their heart to form a world government, to form a world army so that he could bring them down to destroy them when they attack Israel. Because Ezekiel 38, 4 says, and I will put a hook in their jaw. I believe the hook in the jaw is oil. I believe that when Israel gets oil, it will begin to dry the wells of the nations all around Israel, all of Islam. And when their oil wells go dry and Israel has lots and lots of oil, they're going to come down for a spoil. And we think that spoil is oil. So this is Armageddon. This is God, this is the trap, this is the revelation that God has set. So all of this thing with this war in Gaza, this is all part of it. I believe the war in Gaza is God's hand to, at the conclusion, they will give the Palestinians a state because Israel will see that they aren't strong enough to beat all of Islam yet. Then oil will be discovered, the oil will make the Jews willing to fight for the land, and it will give them the finances to build a military, then Israel will go and just wipe clean house with all of Islam, with their new secret weapon that God gives them. And they get back all of the land from the, uh, from the Nile to the Euphrates. And I'll cover that again here in just a second. But this, my point is, this is God burning them. 
So they bur- the, the devil burned the Jews in World War II, and Jesus is going to burn them when he returns at Armageddon. That's the revelation. Here's what it says. The noise of the multitude of the mountains, like a great people. This is all your world government people. A tumultuous noise of the kingdoms of the nations. In other words, those are the people that are not washed in the blood. The nations gathered together. This is God gathering the nations to come down to attack Israel. And it is a trap. It is a hook in the jaw so that he could destroy them. The weapons of his indignation are to destroy the whole land. He cleanses the whole earth. The morning star goes to the center of the earth, sets the foundations of the mountains on fire. The hills melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. Verse 6 says, Howl ye, for the day of the Lord is at hand. That's, that's Armageddon. That's the day that Jesus returns. The very last return to cleanse the earth. Skip down to the bottom. Their faces shall be as flames. That's right, because it's the morning star. Because the, uh, the two witnesses, when they blow the morning star out, the people fall to the, the ground in piles of ashes and, and bones, destroying both body and soul. I covered that a couple of days ago. Then you go to Isaiah 13. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, cruel, with wrath and fierce, fierce anger. This is Jesus. To lay the land desolate. In other words, to cleanse the land. And he'll, he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. So when it says two are in the field, one is taken. One is taken is a sinner being removed from it. When the Bible says there's two people in a bed, one is taken. One is taken is a sinner being taken out of it. Those scriptures are misunderstood. For the stars of heaven and the constellations there shall not give their light. Why? Because in the fourth vial, the sun gets seven times hotter, Isaiah 30, verse 26. And then in the fifth, sixth, and seventh vial, the sun is totally out. And when the sun goes out, it never, ever, ever relights. When Jesus blows the glory down, the morning star down, it cleanses the earth and it dissolves the sun, moon, and stars, all of them. They're all gone. They're all dissolved. There's only the earth. Let's go on, though. Not give their light. The sun should be dark and it's going forth. The moon shall not cause their light to shine. Why? Because they're all gone. They're all dissolved. And I will punish the world for the evil and the wicked for their iniquity. I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease and lay low the haughtiness of the terrible, those that don't think they need to be washed in the blood of Jesus. I will shake the heavens and the earth and remove out of her place. This is him removing the sin from existence. The earth is utterly broken down. The earth is clean dissolved. That means there is no more sinners in it. There is no more sin. Now, those people that did not take the mark of the beast, but they didn't receive Jesus either, they are allowed to live up to a thousand years, but after the thousand years, they too are destroyed. And I'll, if I get into that, then I'll get off the subject here. The earth is moving exceedingly. There is shall reel to and fro like a drunkard, and shall be removed like a cottage. A cottage means like a hammock, hammock, swinging in the wind, okay? And it shall fall and not rise again. You see where it says, and not rise again? It's talking about the earth. So it's saying there's never going to be another earth. There's never going to be another Adam and Eve. There's never going to be another Lucifer coming to tempt them and Jesus having to die on the cross again. This is it. Just like it says, when he poured out the, 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 the seventh vial into the air, I heard a voice from the throne, from, 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 the, the, from heaven, from the throne saying, it is done. Another place it says the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever.
Okay, so it shall fall and not rise again, verse 22. This is Jesus gathering them together as prisoners are gathered into the pit. That's Armageddon. Moreover, the light of the moon shall be as the light of the sun. And the light of the sun should be sevenfold as the light gets of seven days. In other words, the sun gets seven times hotter. That's the reason all flesh on the planet turns black. In that day, the Lord binds up the breach of his people. In other words, three days before, when the sun goes out, Jesus forgives the sins of all of the Jews on the planet. He just washes them clean. That's the reason it says he binds up the breach of his people. Because he put himself through so much difficulty, he forgives them. Even the ones that didn't receive Jesus, he forgives them. He has that right. He has keys for hell and death. Deuteronomy 32 says, I kill, I make alive. I wound, I heal. And neither can any deliver out of my hand. He is sovereign. He decides who lives and who dies. Period. Okay? In the day that the Lord binds up the breach of his people and heals the stroke of their wound. So they've been through enough trouble. Three days from then, they're going to have to be clean if they're going to survive at Armageddon. Behold, the name of the Lord cometh from far, burning with his anger. And the burden thereof is having his lips are full of indignation. Almost every time you see that word indignation in the Bible, it is almost always talking about Armageddon. And his tongue is a devouring fire. That's the morning star. His breath, as an overflowing stream, he goes... Whoom! Sun, moon, stars, gone. Whoom! All of the sinners, all gone. They fall to the ground and pile of ashes and bones. Stan, how do you know the bones made? Because Ezekiel 38 takes seven months for the people to bury the, the bones of the people killed in that one battle. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last or the seventh trump. Sorry, there is not a mid-trib or a pre-trib rapture. Not going to happen. And the Lord shall cause his glorious voice to be heard and shall show the lightning down his arm. Boom. Okay? With the indignation of his anger, with the flame of the devouring fire, with the scattering and tempest and hailstones. That's the morning star. And the voice of the Lord shall the Assyrian be beaten down through the voice of the Lord. And what's the Assyrian? That's another name for the Antichrist. So the Antichrist, the, the beast, the false prophet are taken and with them, the beast and the false prophet are taken and cast into the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. In Daniel, it says their bodies are given to the burning flame, but not their soul. Because their soul is tossed into the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is total existence. They cannot get out. It is total torment for all of eternity. Here's the revelation. Pharaoh drowned the male babies. Moses is supposed to be among them. So a generation later, God brought Pharaoh and his friends and drowned them in the water as Moses and his friends were ordered to be drowned. So in World War II, six million Jews, they say, they say six million, whatever the number is, God knows, were, were ordered to be burned and cleanse the land. Armageddon, all, not in the book of life, will be burned to cleanse the land. That's the revelation. So as... The devil did to Moses' generation, God did to the Pharaoh. And as the Nazis were the devil, really, as they burned the Jews, God is going to burn them in their generation. Here's what I think is about to happen. I think the Gaza, based upon prophecies, I think the Gaza war is the hand of God. 
I think Israel will see that they are not strong enough to defeat the Muslim nations surrounding them, so God gives them massive amounts of oil. The oil will make the Jews willing to fight for the land, and it gives the Jews the money to strengthen the military. Israel and America will go against most of the rest of Islam. Israel will emerge the great victory and give back all our land from the Euphrates to the Nile. Then all the world, with the Russians as the leader, go down to attack Israel. It's not that they want to, God makes them. This is the plan of God to bring the moths to the flame, so to speak. Jesus will return using the morning star, which he got about four months earlier at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Jesus burns all those whose names are not written in the book of life, leaving piles of ashes and bones. Scripture based upon that is, Whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So, I recommend if you want to have your wealth not lost, if you've got it in an IRA, if you've got it in a 401k, if you've got it in a bank, if your wealth is in paper, as Lindsay Williams said, it's worth the paper it's written on. In other words, it's about to be worthless. So I'll send you to prophecyclubgold.com. You can also reach them. Call 800-200-4653. 800-200-4653. They'll give you some ideas on what to do. That is their job, to help you not lose your wealth. I also recommend you go to josephkitchen.com. Get yourself a machine package. That's the wherewithal to grind the wheat berries into flour. Put those into a bread machine. With five other ingredients, push about two hours or 40 minutes later, you have a nice hot loaf of whole wheat bread. I've had many people email me. They absolutely love the bread. They love the whole idea. And see, because it's long-term storage food. And as in the days of Pharaoh, what fed the world for seven years? It was wheat. I believe wheat is God's food for famines, for God's famine food. It is... There is no perfect one food a person could eat for their whole lifetime and be totally healthy. But in my opinion, bread may come the closest. I mean, why does God call us the wheat? <laughs> wheat and the tares, okay. I think it's because the primary thing we're supposed to be eating is wheat. So go there, and then after you get the machine package, that's all of the mechanical things to make the bread, then you decide how much food you want. By the way, most of your long-term storage food, you're talking nine or $10,000 to feed one person for one year. Did you get that? Nine to $10,000, one person one year. Joseph Kitchen can show you how to do it for about $1,000 per person. We're not talking about half price. We're not talking about 80% less. We're talking about like 90% less than what the other people can tell you that they can get you long-term storage for. I do not know of anybody that can beat that. This is an actual loaf of bread that I actually made. I, I eat bread. I mean, it's, it's, I also have to say that uh, it's brought my cholesterol down. It's brought, brought my blood pressure down. And that I don't get hungry as often. I typically will have a slice for breakfast and a slice for lunch and then a normal meal for whatever. And I've lost, uh, what, oh, 30 pounds over the last year. And in my opinion, I think the primary thing is that did it was, of course, watching what I eat, you know, all the other things, but bread. So I eat bread as the primary source 
And it's also, it'll reduce your food budget too. Anyway, go check it out. So what is an EMP Shield device? It's a device you can put on your car and your house that in an EMP attack is supposed to stop the attack. And if you go to empshield.com and if you use the promo code PROPHECY, they give you a $50 discount. They also have videos up there. Shows you how to install it on your car and your house and everything. And it's not difficult at all. I've got one of them right here. Red goes to red. Black goes to black. Green goes to the car, uh, body of your car. And you just peel it off the back, stick it under there. Got another device that goes on your house. So not complicated. Take you about 10 minutes to put them in. So empshield.com promo code is prophecy.